On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As it said at the start, this is your Locked On Indians podcast. I am your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. On today's show, we will be looking at the game today against the Astros, uh, look at the performance of some players, and we'll spend some time looking at the Columbus Clippers as it is our Friday show, so that is the minor league team to hit. Without any further ado, let's talk about the game today. Uh, the Cleveland Indians win a big one, 2-1. to one. Uh, Sadly for them, you know, it's Bauer versus Cole, former college teammates matching up, which is interesting. It's a Thursday night game. It should have all the eyes in the world, but it's going up against a bad combination of the draft and the Columbus Blue Jackets for the first time ever in the second round of the NHL playoffs. So there is uh, multiple interesting things to compete against. I know my attention, honestly, was not fully on this game. It was, it was my third option for the evening. Um, hopefully no one is too annoyed by that out there, that uh, the Indians podcast guy was watching a few other things. But, uh, yeah, it's a, another big win by the Indians. Trevor Bauer is establishing himself as the ace of this team. And what's really interesting from my perspective when you look at the uh, – the game Bauer pitched is he went eight innings and he allowed 10 base runners and gave up a home run. He walked six, just four hits and only struck out three. Like the, the overall numbers on it aren't great yet. He's facing a really exceptionally good lineup from top to bottom. There's not a real weakness in there anywhere. Tony Kemp isn't playing well in the center. That's it. Just about every other hitter on this team would be a middle-of-the-lineup, heart-of-the-order type of guy for the Indians. It's it's one of the best-performing lineups in the American League. Bauer was walking a high amount of players, 118 pitches over nine, and he somehow survived without striking guys out. It's it's Normally when you see the high walks with the... Uh, low strikeouts, especially when you see someone with a two-to-one walk-to-strikeout ratio, that is not going to lead to a win, especially when you're facing a team loaded with potential all-stars, MVP candidates. That's a that's a recipe to, <laughs> to lose and to lose badly. But Power made it work, and that's a credit to him. Uh, at this point, let's... Pretty much, uh, you know, here we are. It's uh, 24 games into the year. I think it's time to table any thoughts we had, or maybe that I had, about trading Bauer. He is the uh, he's the ace of this team. I mean, I still think he gets traded in the offseason just because otherwise uh, he leaves for just the value of a pick. But I think for the rest of the season, he's in there. In terms of the Indians, uh, they got two runs. One on a Leonis Martin home run. He leads the team in home runs. He has tied Carlos Santana for the second best slugging percentage on the team at 442. By the way, if you compare that against the uh, slugging percentage of the Houston Astros, they would be tied for the third worst behind uh, Gurriel at first and Tony Kemp in center. So that's just a ridiculous. Houston is uh, Santa. I mean, obviously, this Indians team is not uh, full of power hitters. Uh, the other person who went deep, Jake Bowers, is second on the team in home runs with three. So that's seven combined home runs from those two, which is just 
one more than Yandy Diaz has this year. Uh, power has definitely not been a part of the Indians game. It might change. <laughs> Probably needs to change. But uh, they, you know, Lindor and Ramirez were their two best power hitters a year ago. So we'll have to see if and when they start getting rolling. Uh, an 0 for game for Ramirez. He did get a walk. So that's something. But uh, still not quite the... Uh, every time he performs well... You go on Twitter and everyone's like, "Okay, this is it. He's gonna he's gonna go on a hot two weeks and just shred the ball." Because, I mean, he's capable of just for two weeks taking over games and playing like uh, like a video game character. You know, like he's from another planet. We haven't seen it yet. The consistency just isn't there. Um, Jason Kipnis uh, over the between the uh, the Marlins in this game. Has seen his batting average drop uh, like 80 points. He's uh, he's definitely coming back to about what we expected of him. It's uh, you know, it's gonna be there's there's the you know, the the lineup is just it's gonna be an issue all year, and it's gonna be something interesting to watch. Uh, again, Bauer was great. Uh, Hand came in in the ninth and was hitting 94 and looking like the guy that we all thought we were getting. Uh, and he's, you know, locked up for a few years as a lefty closer. I mean, he really has a potential to to make that Mejia deal just by himself uh, a great one. So when you look at the Indians right now, if you're curious, offensive production, and we just look at something basic like OPS, which may not be basic to everyone, but if you're someone into advanced stats, it's like I typically it's like OPS plus or weighted on base percentage that I look at first. But OPS, I think, is now mainstream enough. So the Indians have had four batters this year with a greater than 800 OPS. Carlos Santana leads the way, then Leonis Martin, then Kevin P, and then Brad Miller. Which, uh, who signed with the Yankees this week. I mean, the Yankees have been loaded with injury issues, but uh, cutting Miller is still a head-scratcher for me. Uh, next best is Bowers, actually, at this point, and he's been sneaking up there mostly on the strength of his slugging. He does walk uh, a good amount. He's the second most walks on the team behind Santana. That's uh, and that's one of those things. Leonis Martin is at 10, which is, you know... It, not part of what I thought. I mean, I didn't think power was part of his game either. He is uh, he's performing better than I could have hoped, which is one of the reasons why they were able to be sticking around in spite of so many other players not producing. But, uh, you know, you go down the list, Carlos Gonzalez is not performing. He's, uh, he's doing a little bit better in Hanley, but not much. Uh, Greg Allen's still up here, and he has just been atrocious. Uh, the only the only player statistically worse than him has been Eric Stametz. Um, I get it; he can play all three outfield spots, and I'm a big Allen fan in general. But I uh, it's just not. But that's the thing: the bombless lineup, nobody's working. Max Morhoff has been terrible. Gonzalez is doing kind of what I expected, which is looking like a washed up veteran. Uh, Luplo, they traded all those assets for, and they don't even give him an extended look. He only gets 15 at-bats in seven games. Like, you give up a legitimate top-20 prospect 
uh, and uh, a proven middle of the lineup, or middle, I'm not proven middle of the lineup, proven middle of the order, nope, again wrong, proven middle of the diamond, there we go, player for, I mean, Leplo seemed like the centerpiece, um, but it's Morhoff who's getting, you know, been in twice as many games and had twice as many performance uh, at-bats, and uh, yes, I mean, technically Morhoff has done better than Leplo did, but it, again, he's had a lot more chances. Uh, I mean, that's just a, a head-scratcher of a deal on so many levels to me, and people are probably sick of hearing me talk about it, but uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it's, I mean, the team will look different once Jose Ramirez and Francisco Lindor turn it around. If they don't turn it around, if they're not even 90% of what they were a year ago, both of them, if only one of them gets to 90%, I'm not sure if this team has a shot at the playoffs in spite of how well they've performed just because this lineup is so awful. But the upside is when you do have uh, the Bowers in the hands of the world, it always gives you a chance to uh, to stand in there and perform against uh, on a, every single night. They have that opportunity to win a game because they have those pitchers that can go out and, like Bauer pretty much did today, single-handedly pull a victory from the jaws of defeat. If you're like me and you were watching the draft tonight, you probably noticed it was uh, sponsored by ZipRecruiter. And so are we. We've uh, we've changed up our sponsors. ZipRecruiter is our second sponsor. I'm glad to welcome them on. Uh, you guys know about ZipRecruiter. If uh, you know you're looking to to fill a, a, a job, fill a job. Uh, I personally think the Indians should use ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter. Wow. I personally think the Indians should use ZipRecruiter to uh, fill their lineup issues. I think that would be a great use of ZipRecruiter. Go out there and try to recruit an outfielder who can actually hit the ball. Um, I am all for someone who can actually make contact with a baseball. Okay, so after all my digs on the uh, the hitting, let's just go back to the pitching side of things. Trevor Bauer so far this year... Has an ERA under two. He's already worth over a win by uh, ESPN's WAR stats. He's been absolutely phenomenal. You look, Corey Corey Kluber is currently carrying a negative WAR. Uh, Shane Bieber has been good. I mean, Mike Clevenger had the best with his two starts. I mean, he was just great. And then the next most valuable pitchers by the ESPN WAR are. Uh, Jeffrey Rodriguez, Brad Hand, the Nick Wetgren, who's, you know, I feel like he's my boy. <laughs> At this point, I am just pushing him so hard that it is good to see someone else is liking him statistically. Then comes Shane Bieber in the ranks. Uh, and then Otero, John Edwards, and Tyler Olson. And if I didn't mention someone, and if you notice, I didn't mention uh, Simber, Carrasco, Perez, Ramirez, Kluber. They're all currently negative by the ESPN war. War is a cumulative stat. So, of course, it's one of those things that's very easy to change, especially this early on. But it is interesting to see that, uh, you know, Bauer just being that high or, you know, Clevenger was even more amazing before he got hurt. But it's nice seeing Hand up there. Hopefully, Whitgren's going to get some more opportunities. They'll be relying on him a little bit more and Neil Ramirez a little less. 
Right now, by the the ESPN War stat, and I just use the ESPN stats at this point because it's easy to get to from the box score, and they're updated every you know they're updated quicker than the other sites. Um, the two worst pitchers are Corey Kluber and Neil Ramirez, and it's uh you know Ramirez is not a surprise with as bad as he has been this year, even though he keeps getting looks, and then Kluber, I mean. Maybe I'll have to eat my hat when it's all said and done. Maybe there is some room for concern there. We'll have to see how it plays out. But it's uh, he's not been the Corey Kluber of old so far. Okay, let's talk about the Columbus Clippers. So, when you're taking a look down there, it's a lot of players who... I, I'm trying to figure out how to say it nicely. Uh, career minor leaguers, let's put it that way, or guys whose best times are behind them. Uh, guys like Trace Thompson and Ryan Flattery and Brandon Barnes are good backup options to have in AAA, but not really players you're going to get excited or count on. But there are still some names to look at, some players to consider. There's about four hitters of note down there prospect wise and on the pitching end of things you have uh you don't have much i mean if if you're not counting rodriguez there's probably about two hitters that i'm actively or hitters two pitchers i'm actively checking in on so we'll start the pitchers because there's less of them uh i'm gonna throw out a wild card i've i've liked michael peoples dating back to his time in uh akron He's a big guy. He's hard for hitters to pick up, and when they do, it's hard to make any hard contact against him. He is just a pure sinker ball guy, really gets it down low in the zone. Never missed a lot of bats. It you know, and it, senior sign, I've talked about him before. One of those guys who had some arm problems, worked his way back. But I just I feel like he's he's earned a chance at some point. Uh, twenty one strikeouts this year in twenty two innings, which is really high for him historically, while only having the six walks. And again, it's just he never it's he's given up one home run this year, and that park he's pitching in is uh, is terrible for starters. He's uh, I don't know if you know you ever look at him as a pen or pen type of arm. But it's just what he excels at is keeping the ball down, not walking anyone. He's a pitcher you can put out there, and he isn't going to hurt himself. Um, the fact that he's missing bats this year is a, a nice surprise. Uh, he's been extremely effective. So just uh, consider him a, a sleeper kind of candidate to look at down there. Chi uh, Wei Hu, who they got from Tampa, has, you know, was uh, when they acquired him, most of us thought he would stand a very good chance to to work out of the pen. He's been a starter in AAA, which is just out there having him pick up as many innings as possible to work on things. He has struggled. Um, he's not missing any bats at all. Uh, the big knock there was always that he had too many pitches, and a lot of them weren't effective, and you hope that if he could just focus on one or two, it would get better. Uh, Jeffrey Rodriguez, for as good as he's been in the majors, has been awful in AAA, so go figure. Uh, Henry Martinez was coming to the year my favorite relief prospect. He is uh, he struggled in his limited appearances down there, and I mean that was that's really it. I mean Martinez and 
hue are kind of the big prospect type of arms. I don't know if I want to call them big prospect, but they're the, the interesting prospect. But uh, Peoples has is, is been one of the most effective pitchers they have. Um, you know, Asher Wojciechowski has been more effective, but he's kind of one of those we just keep him around type of arms. Um, yeah, Michael Peoples, keep that, just keep that name in mind. He's, uh, if you need another starter from AAA at this point, for any reason, he would be a, a guy that I would like to see them go to. Again, he's been a, an organizational soldier. He's improved. He's worked. Smart kid. I think he's he's earned a shot. Amongst the hitters, we do have you know the Cameron Mabrins of the world and the everyone else. So let's let's talk about the four big prospects. Yu Chen Chang is doing everything in his power to make it so the Indians can just not promote him. Uh, he is struggling something fierce. It's uh, it's it's not good. You know, he is just really. He's, there's not a positive part of his game right now in AAA. Um, I've stopped pushing for Give Chang a chance because I don't know what's wrong. But uh, he hasn't done enough to earn a chance. Eric Haas is really interesting because he's hitting under 200, but he has the six home runs, and he's walking, so his OPS is uh, is over 800, even though he's hitting 196. I mean, that's going to be Haas. He's never going to be a high-average guy. He can play defense, and amongst the catchers in the upper levels, he definitely has the best power. So at some point, he'll get a look. I mean, the Indians love him for a reason. He can handle the position, and that is a very important thing to them. You go up the list. Bobby Bradley's the next guy. He's kind of stagnated as a prospect. A lot of people don't think he'll ever hit lefties. He's only a first baseman, so when you have a first base-only prospect who's a platoon bat, that just doesn't excite people. Bradley's definitely kind of one of those prospects on the decline for that reason. Uh, when you're a first base-only prospect, you really have to have all of everything together. You know, it's the offensive guard of the uh, the MLB. It's just a position that is uh, often discredited and just worthless. I mean, it may not even be offensive guard. First base prospects might be more like your kicker, punter, special teams when you get right down to it. And the last prospect you have to talk about is probably the most interesting one for Indians fans at this point. Because if you're just caring about the Indians roster right now, it's Oscar Mercado. Now, I was not big on Mercado this uh, this spring just because I I mean I didn't like the trade for him because I was a big Connor Capel fan and Johan Torres uh, looks like a Greek god but uh, Mercado had that the hot uh, spring training and I just kind of went well it's spring training I don't take anything out of this but he went down to AAA and has not slowed down even a little uh, 362 average 450 on base 609 slugging he's got nine doubles uh, a triple, two home runs. He's stolen seven bases, been caught twice. Is striking out nearly twice as much as he's walking, but his value is always a plus defender in center field with a hit tool and plus to plus plus speed. Uh, he's, I mean, he's making, especially with the way Greg Allen is struggling, um, I don't really see a reason to not call up Mercado. At this point, he you know he was drafted in 2013, so I know immediately he's already on the 40 man, so they don't have to do anything other than that. It'd just be 
call him up and send down Allen, let him get some reps. If nothing else, if you just have him play against left-hander since he's a right-handed bat, you can use him in a, a platoon with uh, with Naquin or with Gonzalez. Uh, Naquin's kind of lost his a lot of playing time now that they have Gonzalez up there. But uh, the Indians aren't going to make a move. It's only been 17 games in AAA. They don't really like to, to do a lot of that stuff before um, typically around June 1st. But uh, he's just getting to the point where he keeps hitting and playing this well. He's going to force your hand. And in spite of the fact that he was drafted in 2013, he's still only 24. He won't be 25 till December. There's a lot of reasons to to be excited by his performance in AAA. And more than anyone else down there, and maybe more than anyone else in the minors, he's looking like the player, the, the player that could help the Indians right away. Ran long again. It happens, like, every day now. I apologize. But uh, big takeaways. Trevor Bauer is really good. I know, high-level analysis. Brad Hand looks to be back. Oscar Mercado looks like he could be the next player up. And uh, Neil Ramirez isn't any good. That's uh, See, could have done the whole podcast there in 10 seconds. Thank you to everyone who's listening, subscribing, rate, reviewing, telling a friend. That is all hugely important for our little show. And as always, go Tribe.